0: Coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, why can it be so difficult to just try and understand the plight of others? You know, right now we need to be able to listen, empathize, and, and understand our brothers and sisters more than ever, but why is that so difficult? Even when many people stop to listen, why do our brains immediately go to, well, yeah, I hear you, but but you don't understand my, you know, fill in the blank, or or whatever comes after the but or my in those conversations tends to be what I like to call an empathy killer at a time when we truly need to increase our empathy skills. Well, welcome to the world of your ego. Today on this episode of The Virtual Couch, we're going to talk about your ego, why it's so hard to not think of I or me or mine, and how being aware of that, that concept of ego, will get you even closer toward empathy. And we all want to be heard. So that and more coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch. Hey, I promise I'm going to try to do this in less than a minute. As a therapist myself, I recommend that everybody give therapy a try. I believe we're all kind of hanging on to things that would uh, would be helpful to process or things we might have thought we would achieve by now. Or maybe our anxiety or depression is up based on all the events of the world. Um, and if that is the case, you owe it to yourself to give therapy a try. Uh, if you need to, go find someone in your local area. But if not... Look at betterhelp.com, betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. You'll get 10% off your first month services, but betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. And you'll have access to what 750, 800,000 people now have done before you of getting help that they need. There's a broad range of expertise in betterhelp.com slash virtual couches counselor network. It's available for clients worldwide. You can be up and going in twenty-four to forty-eight hours. The assessment tool is incredible. You can look at all kinds of different types of therapy, um acceptance and commitment therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh there's a vast array of things with real professional licensed counselors in your area. I'm at a minute and three seconds, so I will wrap it up, but go to betterhelpcom slash virtual couch, receive 10% off of your first month services. What are you waiting for? You owe it to yourself at the very least to just go check it out. You can go fill out some paperwork. You can take the assessment. That doesn't mean you necessarily even have to, to select a counselor yet, but just take that step and have that at your fingertips because everybody deserves to do a little something for themselves and to have some extra tools to work with betterhelp.com slash virtual couch go try it today Episode 208 of The Virtual Couch. I am your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father, four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from the harmful effects of pornography. If you or anyone that you know is struggling to put pornography behind them once and for all, and trust me, it can be done in a strength-based, hold the shame, become the person you always wanted to be way, then head over to pathbackrecovery.com and there you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes when people make when trying to put pornography behind them once and for all. And yes, I just made a little bit of an audio blurb there, but I'm gonna keep on pressing forward. I'm not gonna hit stop, I'm not gonna edit, uh, because I wanna to get to today's topic. We're talking about the ego, but before that, the free parenting program. Parenting Positively in the Not-So-Positive of Times is still available at tonyoverbay.com courses, and that is absolutely free, and that continues to roll on, and uh, great, great parenting feedback that I'm receiving, and please stop by at Virtual Couch on Instagram, Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist on Facebook, or if you just go to tonyoverbay.com and sign up to find out more information about upcoming programs and 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 all kinds of things Uh, i really really do have a huge announcement that is going to be happening in the next few weeks so i would love it if you would sign up now uh, because you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot about some really exciting things around marriage and communications and that stuff is coming up pretty quick so there uh, there's all of the business the details so let's get to today's topic today's topic is based on an article from psychology today By Dr. Mark Leary, PhD. He is the Goronzik Family Professor of Psychology and Neuroscience at Duke University. Dr. Leary has published 13 books and more than 250 scholarly articles and chapters on topics such as self presentation, self preoccupation, social emotions, interpersonal rejection, and self esteem. And his books include The Curse of the Self, Interpersonal Rejection, Social Anxiety, and many, many more. But today I want to talk about the ego and why, because I feel like this is a term that is used often. I hear it in my office a lot. I have people ask about the whole concept of the ego and uh, are we driven by ego? Is is everything ego related? Bad? Am I egotistical? And a lot of a lot of focus on the ego. And I really feel like Dr. Leary laid out perfectly why we have this confusion around the ego. So I'm going to be quoting a lot out of this article. Um, He says, The term ego is confusing as any in psychology. Not only is the word itself used to refer to several different distinct psychological constructs and processes, but the psychological landscape is littered with concepts that include ego in one way or another. You hear terms like egotism, ego defense, egocentrism, the superego, ego involved, and so on. But what does it actually mean? And if you're hanging there with me right now, why should one care? And I think this is, again, with, with a lot of what is going on in, in the world, in life right now, there, there is a lot of thought or, or focus on the ego. So I kind of feel like this is a nice time to talk about ego. And, and right now, I feel like this is almost like telling a, teaching a parable where it might mean something to someone today, recording this on Monday uh, June 8th, 2020. But then if this is listened to a year from now, it might mean something different. It might sound a little bit different depending on the context that, that you're hearing this, uh, this episode in. So again, what does the word mean? He says, well, what are we talking about when we refer to ego? And what is the difference among all the terms in which the term ego is embedded? So put simply, uh, he goes on to, Dr. Leary starts off by saying, put simply the English word ego is the Latin word for I. Kind of makes sense. So literally translated, ego means I. So if you were writing I love you in Latin, you'd write ego amote. So, ego means I. But then he says that the use of ego, and here's where things kind of uh, come in from a psychological standpoint, crept into psychology mostly through the work of Sigmund Freud, one of the the fathers of psychology. And Freud's theory, the ego is the part of the personality that arbitrates between the animalistic desires of the id. So, if you've ever heard of id, ego, and superego, think of the id as the animalistic desires, um, so the, the ego arbitrates between the animalistic desires of the id and the moral and social standards of the superego. So there's this concept of the superego that is very enlightened, that is very, uh, very well-read, very well-spoken. It's moral. It follows the, the superego follows the social standards of the day. And the id is the, the Neanderthal brain, the, the, the animalistic brain. But he says, interestingly, the word ego doesn't actually appear anywhere in Freud's writings. He never used it. Rather, the ego was a translation of what Freud, writing in German, called Das Ich. And uh, I will say, I studied uh, five years, fünf Jahre, uh, of German throughout high school and college. And a very quick, funny story, I used to go over there in my computer career once or twice a year to t- attend trade shows, and I would speak German as much as I could, and I would just be responded back to in very, very perfect English. So uh kind of took the fun out of my trying to speak German, and now I don't think that I can remember much of anything. Enough to make my kids think that I speak a little bit of German. Ein bisschen Deutsch, aber nicht so good but, but not very good. So... So what Freud then called das ich, literally the I. So in kind of in a nutshell, what Freud was referring to um, was that this conscious decision decision making part of you that you regard as I. So when you say, I dislike my mother, or I decided to change jobs, or I dreamt that my house was on fire last night, he says, that is your I, or that's your ego. So most of the terms that include ego, they talk about processes or or anything that kind of involves the I or me or mine, that, that those are where the ego figures prominently. So, and maybe you can kind of see where I'm, I'm headed a little bit uh, here, is that a lot of, I feel like a lot of the times that we feel misunderstood, we you know, we all want to be heard. I believe that that is at a core of our human condition. We want to be heard. We want to know that somebody has our back, that somebody's there for us, that we can count on somebody, that somebody loves us. That, that kind of digs into a little bit of that attachment theory. I always like to say that, you know, we're, we're born these uh, little, just fresh, squishy babies that are relying upon our moms. We are attachment-based creatures, literally. And we can't go out like a, a baby rhinoceros and, and you know kill our own food within an hour or so. We, we desire and we need, we have to rely on an attachment to someone to live. So that attachment, that, that desire to connect is, is innate. It's built within us. So we consider egoism... This motive to act in our own self-interest. So somebody that is behaving uh, you know, egotistically is, is simply pers- pursuing his or her own goals, as we kind of all do in nature. A motive, of, uh, mo- a motive is egoistic when it is focused on what I want. So again, that's egoistic. And the egoistic motive is, hey, what about me? you know what do i want so we we kind of live in this world of ego and and i often talk about you know i get to do a lot of work with personality disorders with things like narcissism or borderline or antisocial personality disorder and one theory when you're kind of talking about is a personality disorder is it uh, is it nature or nurture is it is it is it born within us or is it created and one view of personality disorders is this concept where we we all just reside purely in our ego when we're young we're self-centered that's all we know. Life is about, um, you know, people reacting to us and what we need. And a lot of times when people don't have as much of a social support, if there's been emotional abuse or neglect or abandonment or physical abuse or, or uh, any of those kind of things, there's a belief that that can create or cause someone to never quite move from self-centered more into that self-confident realm as an adult. So, so you they kind of stay in this egocentric view of the world. Everything is about them, and it's hard for them to get outside of their ego. So, uh, Dr. Leary also says, consider egocentrism. So, he said that egocentrism has been used in a number of ways over the years, but it comes down to perceiving the world and interpreting events from your personal vantage point. So, he said that we're all inherently egocentric, and that we really can never quite fully break free from either our physical vantage point, So it's like I can literally only perceive the world from where I'm at. Uh, I've been with all the launch and things of SpaceX. I've been looking at I find my YouTube suggestions are constantly about space and SpaceX and how do astronauts sleep and what do they eat and that sort of thing. But I've thought before um, in the last few weeks that. You know, I literally can only perceive the world from where I have been, my physical locations in space. As an astronaut, uh, one of the videos I watched showed from this area in the space station where one can see everything. They can see the entire globe. And, uh, and I'm drawing a blank. It was one of those things where I said, Oh, I'll never forget this term that he used. But he talked about a lot of astronauts suffer from, and I cannot remember what the phrase is. If, if you know what I'm talking about, uh, shoot me an email contact at tonyoverbay.com. But he's talking about this concept where when an astronaut is sitting from their vantage point and they just see the world as this big little marble down below, that all of a sudden it looks like we, we're just all on that planet together. So he said it, you know, you don't see little dotted lines for the countries. So he said, you know, we just, it just looks like we're all, we're all just brothers and sisters there. We're all just together in this, this human experience. So, you know, we can only see things from our physical vantage point or, Similarly, our personal or psychological perspective that's influenced by our experiences, our goals, our beliefs, our identities, our preferences, our biases. And he said that people differ in the degree to which they can step outside of their own perspective to see things from others' viewpoints. Um, So, again, we differ from how well we can do that, but we're all locked into our own egocentric viewpoint Because there's no way for us to process information except from our personal frame of reference. Even when we say, hey, tell me more about what your experience is. If we're asking someone about that, it's still difficult because we're still trying to relate that. We're trying to relate that to our own experiences, either physically or emotionally or spiritually or logically or from a family system. We're still trying to interpret through our own lens. And again, that's what I think makes things hard. That's what leads to the, I hear you, but... And and I think right now, again, today, um, we're talking, you know, June 8th of 2020, I think one of the things that's really difficult is we're, you know, everyone, everybody wants to say, no, I hear you, you know, but, and right now, I, I, we were talking about this on a walk with my wife and one of my daughters yesterday, is that now's the time to kind of not, let's not worry about the buts. I, let's just learn. Let's just hear. I want to hear about other people's experiences. I want. I want to do the best I can with empathy and to try to understand. So right now, you know, it's it's not the but. Somebody also shared this with me. I thought this was interesting. He said, uh, right now, it, it you know the way these things were kind of explained to him. Um, he said, imagine a spouse comes to another spouse and says, you know, I I want you to care about me. And if that spouse answers and says, look, I care about everybody you know that spouse that said i want you to care about me doesn't feel like they're being heard right now we want to hear that spouse we want to hear that person that says hey i want you to hear me i want you to understand my experience so so that can be really difficult when we're still stuck in this ego when we're stuck in our own ego um Dr. Leary says, egotism is another common ego word in psychology, and egotism involves evaluating oneself more favorably than is objectively warranted. So he says, just as we're all egoistic and egocentric, we also tend to be egotistical as well. And, he, and, and I love this. He says there's thousands of studies that show that people are biased to view themselves too positively, which is kind of funny because I'm a big positive psychology guy. And so I, I will. I would. You know. I appreciate someone that is viewing themselves. Um, they they are looking at the glasses half full. I appreciate that. But what uh, what he's saying here is that there are thousands of studies that say that no. We think we've kind of got everything figured out a little too often. And when we think that we've got everything figured out, um, I did an episode a long time ago on the Dunning Kruger effect. That's where you know a little bit of information and then you go big with it. And what's funny about that is then when you're around someone that actually does know what they're talking about. Um, that that might not go over well I remember uh, this is a little bit of an obscure reference and of course I never want to break anyone's confidentiality but I remember sitting in a in a couple session one time and there was a, a husband that was telling his wife why he physically had to view pornography and things like that because of some sort of condition that he said he had and he looks over at me and he's like you know you're an expert in this field you understand what I'm talking about and uh I am an expert in that field, and I didn't understand what he was talking about. As a matter of fact, it sounded like a a pretty big excuse that was being made at that time. Um, So, thousands of studies show that people are biased to view themselves too positively. So, that's part of egotism. So, he said that perhaps the broadest ego-based term, and this is one you might not even be familiar with, egoic He said it's also the least common. So it's the broadest ego-based term, egoic, but also the least common, although it is starting to come into vogue. So this might be a word of the day for you. But egoic simply means pertaining to ego or pertaining to I. So he said egoic thoughts or motives or emotions and behaviors are reactions in which I, me, and mine take center stage. So, an egoic reaction is one in which I am centrally involved. Uh, he said, much of the time, people's thoughts and motives and emotions and behaviors are infused with themselves, with their own eye. So, he says, they're thinking consciously about what they want, what they are doing, who they are, uh, what other people think about them, and how things are going for them. So, in these situations, people are being egoic. They are highly self-absorbed, and their reactions are all about them. So, again, this is one of the major struggles or major roadblocks to empathy. Is is this egoic state? So when someone is in this egoic state, even when they're trying to understand what life is like for someone else, their brain immediately goes to right. But um, you know, let me tell you what this is like for me. And again, that is an empathy killer. Wanting to make sure that you that the other person understands, I hear you, but let me tell you what's happening for me right now is is extremely egoic. And that's one of those things that will shut down conversations. We want to be heard. People want to be heard. They do. And they deserve to be heard. Just like we want to be heard, you know, think of the person that you're talking to. And and especially if it's somebody who hasn't been heard. And and so this is why I feel like being aware of this ego or this like egoic mindset is is uber important right now. That eh, might be a German word, right? There's a little callback to the beginning, but it's very important right now to get out of our ego and to just listen, but to be aware that we're listening and we're hearing things you know, through our, our, our egotistical lens, I mean, from our framework. And that framework, and, and here's my plug for acceptance and commitment therapy, my therapeutic modality of choice, that we are the only individuals that have gone through what we have gone through as an individual so, all of your nature and your nurture, your birth order, your DNA, your abandonment, your rejection, all the things that you've been through. And so, it's natural to go into ego. It's natural to have this, this broadest ego term, egoic, as, as being some, something to be aware of. It's, so, I want to normalize that. So, with that awareness, we can step out of the ego and say, tell me more. And recognize when we are wanting to make things about ourselves or when we're wanting to throw the, yeah, but. Or when we're wanting to say, well, but it shouldn't be that way because here's my experience. Those are or those parts of the ego are empathy killers. So we need to be aware of those. We need to set them aside. Uh, Dr. Leary said at other times people's thoughts and motives and emotions and behaviors, they don't involve much ego. Um, not much I. He said, you know, think about if you're engrossed in a really good book or if you're working on an engaging task, or you're having a comfortable conversation, and I like how he called it, he said, if you're in this flow experience, uh, your I, your I, your ego, has receded into the background. He said you're responding automatically without much conscious self-related thought, and you're not, in that moment, currently concerned about who you are, or what you want. Hear that part out, right? How often can you get into this just flow state, where you're not as worried about what you want, or who you are, that you want to know what the other person wants and who they are. And that those implications or events of those personal interests and well-being, that that's what, you're, that's what you're curious about. In these kind of situations, your responses are not dominated by I, or they're not dominated by thoughts of me or mine. He said, you know, we might say that you are being low in ego, 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 egoism or hypo-egoic. Um, not hyper, not overly egoic, but hypo or less, less egoic. So note that uh, he says egoic has nothing to do with being egotistical. Egotistical people may certainly be egoic, but highly self-critical people may be egoic as well. People who view themselves very negatively, such as highly depressed people, um, as they often do, are often highly focused on themselves and thus quite egoic. So egoic, again, if you go back to the definition of that broadest-based term egoic, although the least common, that it simply means pertaining to the ego or pertaining to I. Again, egoic thoughts or motives or emotions or behaviors or reactions in which I, me, and mine take center stage. So you can see how someone who is depressed can actually make be making things about the I, the me, or the mine. And and that's why oftentimes, and I know it's not this easy, trust me, but a lot of times when I'm working with people that are struggling with depression, to be able to get outside of themselves, to serve others, to get outside of the ego is one of the the, the one of the most powerful things that they can do, especially when they're stuck, when they just aren't quite sure what to do. So so again, these terms egoism, egocentrism, egotism, and egoicism, and their their adjectives ego egoistic, egocentric, egotistical, and egoic are so easy to confuse. I probably just confused you right there. I know I confused myself, but they refer to different though sometimes related in ways in which our ego or our focus on I can influence our thoughts, our motives, our emotions and behaviors. So so I hope you can see why I thought that this would be an important lesson to learn or a, a quick podcast to hear is that right now when we have this opportunity to to hear to listen that it's important to recognize the view of the ego. And, and it's important to recognize that that's where we're starting from, that we're starting from this place of I, me, mine, and, and it's normal, it's natural, you know, it's, uh, as Freud did say, there's this id, which is this animalistic side of us, and this superego, which is very, very enlightened, and, uh, you know, um, I don't know why I picture my superego uh, is, wears a top hat, has a monocle, um, maybe a, a very smart mustache. But, but we you know we're very aware that on the road to the super ego, we spend an awful lot of time in this ego, this egoistic frame, so just be aware of that, and when you are aware of something, then you can kind of set it aside. You can thank your ego for. For trying to contribute, you can. You know, I often think of my myself when I'm wanting to respond to someone. uh, Even in that moment, what's my goal? What's my point? Am I wanting them to go? Holy cow, your story is better than mine. You know, then I'm going to take. I'm going to tell my ego to take a back seat. You know, I'll get to you in a minute. Ego, Um, let me just kind of be more present and hear someone because again, we all want to be heard. To heard, to be heard is to be healed. And right now, what we really want is healing. And so. Um, learn how to step outside of the ego and really just be there. Learn how to say, tell me more about that and really mean it. Tell me more about that isn't just so that then you can get to a story about yourself. Tell me more about that is so that you can be in this flow state, in this conversation mode where you're not even worried about um, trying to get something out there about yourself, where you just want to be there for somebody else. Do that and we are going to be off on a path of empathy like nobody's business and, uh, and good things are to come. All right, I'm going to take us out with uh, the wonderful, the talented Aurora Florence and the song It's Wonderful. Life truly can be wonderful. I know there are difficult times right now, but now step outside of your ego and just listen. Listen and learn and be empathetic and listen to your brothers and sisters. Now is the time. I know we got it in us, and I'll see you next time on the virtual couch. Compressed emotions flying past. Our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind. it's to take or lose it's Fun's always on the back burner. Until the end, put... save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon